I have some really exciting news for listeners of the Lifestyle Investor Podcast. Most people think lifestyle investing is about making more money or creating additional passive income streams. And while that is part of it, the most savvy lifestyle investors understand that having a solid tax strategy is fundamental and really foundational to creating wealth. I firmly believe that having the right tax strategy is the single best investment that you can make. I know tax strategy isn't the sexiest topic, but once you understand a few key elements to the IRS playbook, the compounding benefit you receive year after year is enormously significant. In fact, we have members inside the Lifestyle Investor Mastermind who have used these strategies and have saved hundreds of thousands of dollars, and in some cases, millions of dollars. This is not a nice to have if you're interested in growing your wealth. This is a must. In our brand new tax strategy masterclass, I have hand-selected and shared the details of the 28 most valuable strategies to help you increase your tax savings this year and for years to come. Plus, if you want to hire a top-tier tax strategist, it can easily set you back tens of thousands of dollars, if not more. And you want to make sure that you have the best, most accurate information to ensure that you're hiring the right person for you. That's why we included a whole section with advice, resources, and multiple interviews with my personal tax specialists to help you build a bulletproof tax team, but for a fraction of the cost. The entire tax strategy masterclass was designed for people like you who want to keep more of their hard-earned money without having to sift through the complicated tax code. If you're interested, head over to lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash tax to learn more about the course or set up a free consultation call with our team at lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash consultation. Again, that's lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash tax. Hey, just before we get to the show, I wanted to take a quick minute to explain how you can get access to my online course. Since launching the Lifestyle Investor book and the podcast, I've had a lot of people reaching out asking how I was able to multiply my net worth to over eight figures in such a short period of time and how they can start investing just like I do. While the podcast is loaded with lots of alternative investment advice from both myself and my guests, it's not intended to be a comprehensive system that walks you through my step-by-step process. That's why I decided to create the Lifestyle Investor Course, a complete roadmap for anyone who wants to take a deeper dive into the world of lifestyle investing. If you want all my strategies for creating passive income and building wealth conveniently packaged up into a simple-to-follow course, visit justindonald.com forward slash course for all the details. Welcome to the Lifestyle Investor Podcast. Imagine being able to earn passive income, build long-term wealth, while gaining total freedom from your business or job. That's what lifestyle investing is all about. I'm your host, Justin Donald, and in less than two years, my investments drove enough passive income for both my wife and me to quit our jobs. And now I want to show you how to do the same. I want to teach you how to create wealth without creating a job. You'll learn the exact same investment strategies I use to multiply my net worth to over eight figures all before the age of 40. 
If you want to learn all about low-risk cash flow investing, achieve financial freedom, and live the life you truly desire, this podcast is going to show you exactly how to do it. When you're looking at the qualities it takes to be a great leader, it's easy to get lost thinking it's about what other people are doing for you. But it's actually about how you can provide value to other people. To better understand the most important habits of highly effective leaders, I'm speaking to Brad Lomanick. Brad is a leadership consultant, founder of Blink, host of the H3 Leadership Podcast, and has worked alongside thought leaders such as Jim Collins and Malcolm Gladwell, Fortune 500 CEOs, and startup entrepreneurs. In our discussion, you'll hear us talk about his new book, H3 Leadership, Be Humble, Stay Hungry, Always Hustle, a practical roadmap for implementing and living out 20 transformational habits of a leader. Not only are humility, hunger, and hustle important, but Brad explains why they have to work in parallel in order to be effective. You'll also learn what it takes to build strong relationships, how to leave a positive impression in the minds of the people you meet, what it was like working with John Maxwell, and why travel and connecting with people from different walks of life can make you a better leader. That and much more. One more thing before we get to today's interview. Brad has a gift for Lifestyle Investor Podcast listeners. He's sharing a collection of his best leadership advice and insights. To get access to his free gift, visit justindonald.com forward slash 47. Thanks for listening. And without further delay, my conversation with Brad Lomanick. All right, Brad, I'm excited to have you on the show. It's uh, It's been a long time coming and we definitely have some mutual friends. And so I'm glad that you could join. Thank you. Listen, it's an honor, man. Thanks for having me. And hopefully we'll add some value to people. That's the goal, right? Let's help some folks get better. Well, I have no doubt you're going to add plenty of value. It's apparent even in just a short conversation with you, you bring just boatloads of wisdom. And I'm excited to explore some of that. I'm excited to explore kind of how you got to where you are today and really what that looks like and why you're doing what you do. So I'd love to just talk about what you were like as a younger guy. I mean, have you always been this successful author, speaker, coach? I mean, where did this come from? Yes. The answer is yes. I was always <laughs> this amazing, right? <laughs> uh, man, I think back, that's such a great question. I think back to childhood and I think from a leadership side, I was always sort of the kid that was willing to, to step up and step out. You know, even first grade, the first day of first grade in Mrs. Weaver's class, Justin, I knew like everybody's name by the end of the day, which nobody told me to do this. Nobody said, Brad, you need to go learn everybody's name. But by day two, because I knew everybody's name, now I'm like figuring out how to do trade deals in the cafeteria, you know, and it's like, hey, listen, you got Twinkies and there's a chocolate shake over here. So how do we make these things come together? And then I can get, you know, the ding dongs out of the deal. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so just that connection, the influencer, the, the person who's kind of willing to step up and help people connect dots. And, you know, I always was running for student council or, or class president or all those things that you, you're sort of like supposed to do. 
I think in, in, in sports, for me, that was a place that I think leadership really started to show up because I, I, I was always, you know, I think the one that was willing to like set the example. And, you know, when you get voted captain on your sports teams and nobody, again, nobody forced anybody to, that's like sort of that sense of, okay, now you've been validated that, that you really are like leading and you really do have influence. So it's just always been natural for me. And I don't, I've always wondered, like, is that God designed, you know, is that something that my parents or my family or upbringing put in? But I just know that it's been true for 40 years. It's been true. And so there's always remnants. There's little breadcrumbs, I think, in everybody's journey when they look back on their childhood and they see the things they did without anybody telling them to. I love that. And I love this whole idea of breadcrumbs, right? That there's, you know, if you really pay attention, I mean, you can walk through life and just let life happen to you. But if you really become aware, and if you slow down enough to listen, and if you slow down enough to be intentional and to actually analyze your life and to proactively plan, when you find that time in that space, you do discover breadcrumbs and clues. And you see that there are people that have helped you along the way. And and one little, you know, nudge can create these ripples and these chain reactions. And it is incredible. But yep. Uh, you've been blessed with some really exciting, you know, just God-given talents in the world of human capital and and connecting with people and uh, connecting with your audience, whether it be, you know, via podcast or via book or through a message, through words uh, spoken, whatever it is. And you really have that. But there are also tricks to the trade too. So, I mean, maybe it was natural that you memorized everyone's name but maybe that wasn't, and maybe that was subconsciously or unconsciously learned. And I'm curious, you know, if you have any hacks to that, because I hear people all the time that have a hard time remembering yeah. names, even just one. They just met someone and they already forgot it. Yeah, it's such a great question, too. And a couple of things come to mind. One is remembering names is just intentionality. It really is. And you will always remember somebody's name if they're important to you. Mm. And so like, if you just shift your mindset a little bit and think, well, now everybody needs to be important or that person I just met is important. They have value. And that's the way I've always approached it is if I remember somebody's name and I use it immediately, or they don't expect me to remember it, but then I call them by name and they're like, whoa, that automatically gives me credibility and it raises my level to actually have impact on them. So it's self-serving. It's I'm not being selfish by doing that, but it is self-serving and that now I've shortcut the process of being able to actually like influence or impact that person. So it really comes back to intentionality. I mean, you hear people say, well, you say it three times or say it five times really, you know, in your mind while and I think that's helpful, but it's it's also here's something that I do in meetings. I do with, if I'm in the room with a, a team or if I'm like on a Zoom call or whatever, I'm writing their name down. Mm. I mean, it, it seems like so obvious, but a lot of people don't even do that. I'm actually like, and they think I'm taking notes on what they're saying. I'm actually writing their names down. And so I can then say to somebody, hey, Bill, thanks for that. That was a great connection point you made there. 
thanks for that comment. And they're like, oh my gosh, this guy remembers all of our names. Well, I've got them right here in front of me. <laughs> and nobody's offended by that. I mean, even if you're sitting next to somebody on the air, airplane, and here's the other thing, Justin, is if I don't remember, I will say, hey, remind me again of your name. Because even when you say that, it says you're valuable, right? So that's a few things I think about is just intentionality around it. Everybody loves to hear their name. Everybody wants to feel like you know them. You're actually honoring people when you do that and do it well. Yeah, that's so true because your favorite word is your name, right? Like everyone's yeah. is. There, there's this this sweet uh, buzz and uh, sound to your own name. And I notice when people use my name, it keeps me engaged with them. I appreciate that. I recognize that they are doing that. Even a moment ago, inside of us talking, you referenced me by name. And that is no accident. Uh, you know, th- this is something that you've become just uh, an expert at and a master at. And I think that it's cool. And, and it's great to say, like, I-, I love your tip about just ask. You know, I, at one point just in my ask. life, I was like, oh, man, if, I, if they know that I don't know their name and, you know, just, I just learned, just ask. Yeah. It's better to just figure it out. And you know what? One of the things I do with people, uh, I don't know if you ever do this, but I, I want to let people, you know, kind of off the hook, Brad. And I'll say, hey, my name's Justin. But if you forget, ask me again. Don't worry. Yeah. You know, you've you got a lot, you know, th- there are a ton of people I know you're trying to keep track of. So don't even sweat it. Yeah. And, and I always will say my name. I mean, like if you're, again, dinner parties or you're at an event and you know, oh, you've met this person before. And they should remember your name, but go ahead and be the person who breaks the ice, right? Say, hey, you know what? I think we've met before. I'm Brad. And you automatically like let them off the hook. So you're, you're making it really easy for people to, to actually walk across that bridge compared to now it's awkward and it's weird. And I think we both know that we met before, but we can't remember our, each other's names, right? So that's what I'm always trying to do just in interpersonal relationships is I'm I'm always trying to figure out how do I make this easier for the person that I'm trying to connect to, to be able to connect with me. That's awesome. And that's empathy, man. It's, it's emotional intelligence is what it is. It's putting yourself in their shoes and saying, how should they feel? How do you want them to feel? Do they walk away from like an interaction with you? And do they say that was awesome? Or do they say never again? That's right. Yeah. Leaving people with a positive wake, right? Where they feel great. Exactly. And that is the mission is to greet people warmly and to send them off warmly. And that really leaves a good taste in people's mouths. And, and they remember that because people remember the first and the last interaction. They just do. Yep. That's just the way that we're wired. And it's so apparent to me, even in just this small little example of how intentional you are about learning people's names, why people speak about you with so much praise. And I mean, I can't tell you how many people have just, they've told us that we need to connect, we need to meet. And the number of accolades and compliments that always follow your name, Brad, it's incredible. So, and I I know you know this, but uh, you've got some raving fans in the world and some raving friends. Well, I appreciate that. And you know what? Like, I hope that's because I'm adding value to people right at the end of the day. Like, I think that's why people, they prefer you and they refer you. 
You know, they prefer to like hang out with you. They, they prefer to be your friend, but they also then refer you. And the beauty of a reference, I mean, just, just in terms of how do you get ahead in life, you make people the center of the story. And all of a sudden there is value that you're injecting in them. And then they naturally want to help you succeed. I mean, it's the Zig Ziglar quote, you know, if, if you help somebody else get what they want, you'll eventually get what you want. Yeah, for sure. And that rings so true. And I, when I think about what you're doing, the brand that you're building, what you stand for, I mean, that, that's it. You embody that. Uh, and I think that's so cool. I'd love to talk about your newest book. Yeah, it, you've written a couple of books now, but your newest book, Humble, Hungry, Hustle. Let's get into this because yeah. these are three great words that this is how people can kind of create a life that they want to, that they desire. We have a very similar message in the fact that we want to help people. We want to lock arms with people. We want to really walk stride and stride, helping people to overcome and achieve and, and really have a compelling vision for the future. So tell us about your book. Yeah. Well, it's those three words, those three ideas for me, really are the, the framework, I would say, for my own leadership mantra. And so if I'm thinking about how am I going to be a great leader uh, and how am I going to influence people, it's those three words. If I put all the habits that I feel like are important in your leadership, they fall into those three buckets. And so you got to make sure that all three of those are also like of equal importance. Because we know what those mean at the end of the day. Like, humble. We, we get that for the most part. It's not about me. There's a bigger story at play. I'm not the center of it. You know, hungry is, is being a learner. And then hustle is that sense of I'll work hard when, when needed, but they all have to be parallel. And so the reason that this is an important sort of triangle is we know lots of leaders, Justin, who have tons of hustle, but there's no humility to them. So they're willing to work their guts out, but it's all about them. Like they're trying to get theirs. There's no sense of generosity or a bigger story at play. It's just, I'm going to do what I can to get ahead. And that means I win and you lose. But there's also lots of leaders who are humble. They do have a proper posture of making it about others, but they don't do anything. They don't get anything done. You know, they, they're not willing to work hard. They sit around and they're, they're just bitter because... They've never accomplished anything. So we have to have a good balance of these. And when you think about, especially hustle, I think that's the one that I would say, like, I'm trying to bring a bit of a different angle because I know it's true that it, it does require hard work. It does require excellence. It does require, you know, being willing to do more than others. But it's also about margin. It's also about rest. It's also about generosity. It's also about being a collaborator, being somebody who is a unifier. So my question is, are you, are you crushing it when it comes to margin and rest? Equally as much, are you crushing it by working your guts out and redlining your engine? And that's a big part of the hustle that I would prescribe to is a balanced perspective on hustle. So I'll stop there and let you let you unpack that one if you want to. Well, that, that's beautiful. And I, I love that you have this idea of rest, that it can't just be go, 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 because we live in a society where that is the case, where people are rewarded for that. And they don't often recognize what 
the toll that it takes on them until there's an actual breakdown, yeah. a, a physical breakdown. And so having time of rest, having a space where you really create the boundaries and the guardrails to protect yourself from overworking or, or being a workaholic. I mean, I, I think that that is so important. So you're speaking uh, total truth here. But also at the same time, I know you're a big lifestyle guy. And part of the reason I wanted you to join us on my show is because you've got a killer life. And so you work hard when you need to. And you've set yourself up to really be in a great place for yourself, for your family. But you are no stranger to having fun. I know you love to travel. I know you love love sports. I know you love hunting. And you're quite hysterical as well. I'd love to know just some of your favorite places that you've traveled to and just some of the things that you do that you feel like you're on a cloud. Well, I'll say this about your your message too, the lifestyle investor and just the mindset. I didn't figure this one out until like a little later in life. And I wish I'd have had your book and I wish I'd have, I'd have known your message like when I was in college, because I, I think we have similar stories. I grew up and nobody really told me there was this different way. And I sort of just thought, okay, you work, you exchange time for work and you get a paycheck and you know, you sort of like get on this, on this treadmill and there's no other option, but man, the last, like, I would say decade has really been fun because I do have a, an environment and a season now where I get to create my own economy and I get to like, choose what I work on. And I get to like, live out some of the principles that, that you talk about and that you teach people. So that's just context travel wise, man, I'm a sports guy that loves the global travel opportunities while also like being an incredibly curious person in general. So a lot of my travels have been around sports. So like one of the great trips of all time for me was a trip to the Southern coast of Spain, the Costa del Sol. And we played, there was about 20 of us and we played golf at some of the, some of the greatest courses in that part of Europe our last uh, day was at Valderrama, which if people, if they know Valderrama, it is one of the most exclusive courses in the world. It's up there with Augusta in terms of just the exclusivity. But we had one of the great days of all time. I played really good golf that day. We had this incredible dinner in their clubhouse. Nobody else is there. Nobody else is on the course. It was just great friends. That's an all-timer. I mean, early on in my my life, I got to go on a trip to Australia, New Zealand. This was in high school. So again, an Oklahoma kid getting to go and see Australia and New Zealand at 18, when I had really never been on a plane before, was a game changer. And listen to this. So we're playing American football. We were basically an all-star team from the state of Oklahoma with high school seniors that were, were trying to show those in Australia and New Zealand, that there really is a real football and it's American football. So we, we go to Auckland and we play our exhibition game. And after our game, again, these are 18 year old knuckleheads from Oklahoma. We are introduced to the New Zealand All Blacks, which arguably is one of the great sports teams in the world, franchise wise, in the history of sports. This is one of the great sports teams of all time. And we were so clueless that we were like, we don't know who these guys are. Like, 
New Zealand All Blacks, and we're trading jerseys with them. We're like, you know, and we had no clue that they were arguably one of, again, the, the most legendary dynasty franchises of all time because they play, you know, rugby. And it was just such a, I look back now and I'm like, oh my gosh, if I have only known that I was like in the presence of greatness, I would have been like getting all their autographs. And, but that was a pretty fun trip. The Australia, New Zealand playing American football trip. That's cool. It's funny. You, you said something that I think is pretty interesting. You said, only if I would have known, but isn't that life in general? It's like, yeah. If only I would have learned that a decade ago or what. And, and by the way, it's really easy to live in this world of like, oh, man, I wish I knew that when and you can beat yourself down with it. Or you can be grateful that you've learned it now and you've learned it today. But I feel like life is a collection of if only I had known that. Yeah. If only I had been aware, if only I had taken the blinders off. And so it's it's funny hearing you say that because I can relate on many levels. And man, what cool travels you have. And for anyone watching and, and listening, you can see how Brad lights up when he talks about <laughs> your travels and everything. By the way, what is your favorite city in the world? I'll give you... Mine's London. So what's your favorite city? Oh, gosh. That is such a tough question. I will probably say... Rome. Okay. Yeah. But I have so many others that are up there. Like everything to me, it, it's hard for me to say what's my favorite because I can say my favorite sightseeing right. city, my favorite food city, my favorite city based on climate and culture. And so to me, there's just so many different ways to measure it. But Rome really has a little bit of everything. Yeah. Big city, but small neighborhoods, incredible food, amazing people. But I feel like I could say that about probably 20 different cities. The reason I love London so much, I feel like it's the combination of Washington, D.C. With, with history and sort of the government and old buildings. And then you got the New York sort of culture element in London. And then you got the entertainment of L.A., sort of all in one city in London. And I like the, that the sidewalks, I'm a runner, the sidewalks are so wide that you can run anywhere in London and never like feel like you're crowded. If you run in New York, in Manhattan, you know, you, you feel like you're going to, you can't get around people because there's just so many people everywhere. Yeah. And maybe not as much now as there used to be, but well, that's true. I totally get that and can relate to that. In fact, on my wall over here that you can't see, and actually this used to be the background that I used for my podcast when I first began is I have this huge world map that's the size of my wall. And I've got these little magnet pieces. And each time we go to a different country, we'll, we'll mark it. And so I've got a color for when my family goes. And I've got a color for you know when I went solo and for a lot of my trips prior to meeting my wife and having my daughter. And it's such a, a really fun and cool collection of colors up there. But that's awesome. What's the next one, by the way? Well, the year of COVID, we were supposed to spend our summer in Portugal and Spain. We were going to split time. We we're going to do a month in uh, Portugal and then a month in Spain. And so COVID crushed that. So and Spain just opened up. Uh, in fact, one of the people in our mastermind, literally, Corin, just 
literally left the day Spain opened up their borders and he's in Valencia right now, uh, which is really cool. But that will be probably our next uh, extended yeah. stay. And we've done some cool stuff. I mean, we went to Cabo this year and Puerto Rico and you know, a handful of other places, but we love our summers where we can do some extended stay in places, you know, it's hot here in, in Austin. And so we like doing the reverse commute. A lot of people, you know, they leave their cold climate in the winter and go somewhere warm. Well, in here, you're, the, the climate's amazing in the winter. So right. in hot summer, we like going to different places around the world. Yeah. Well, I, I'm with you, man. It, you know, the, just the the curiosity bug of of visiting other other cities and other countries, but also like the people, you know, we're in America, we're in the, in the U S we're, we're so like, we're so full of ourselves <laughs> and we think everything revolves around us. And, you know, and then you get out in the world and you realize there's just so many great people around the world and so many great traditions and customs. And, you know, it doesn't make me less of an American, but it sure makes me appreciate the fact that there's such a bigger story at play and that I, you know, it's like, again, if I would have only known, I mean, when you grow up, it, especially like when you're not exposed to global, uh, people and global outlets and being and traveling, like all of a sudden, man, it's just like a light bulb goes on and you can't get enough of it now. At least that's the way I feel. Hey, sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to take a quick minute to tell you about my online course. As a listener, you probably know my story. In under two years, I had multiplied my net worth to over eight figures and my investments were generating enough passive income for my wife and me to quit our jobs. Since launching the Lifestyle Investor book and podcast, I've had a lot of people reaching out asking how I was able to accomplish this in such a short period of time and how they can start investing just like I do. My methods are unconventional, but I've always wanted to share my strategies and help as many people as possible accomplish financial freedom. And while the podcast is loaded with lots of alternative investment advice from both myself and my guests, it's not intended to be a comprehensive system that walks you through my step-by-step -step process. That's why I decided to create the Lifestyle Investor Course, a roadmap for anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of lifestyle investing. Anyone can use my system, no matter what level they're at in their investing career. So if you want all my strategies for creating passive income and building wealth conveniently packaged up into a simple to follow course, visit justindonald.com forward slash course for all the details. Now, let's get back to the show. I'm the same way. Once you get the bug, you get the bug. But oh man, for me, it's like when I go outside the borders of the US or what I know so well, I just am reminded how big the world is, how interconnected the world is, how people live life just in a different way. It gives me understanding and appreciation for different cultures, different mindsets. But it also gives me grace yeah. because I recognize that the way that I see the world is not the way other people see the world. And if I grew up with a different situation, then I may look at things differently. I may have a different perspective. And so I like being exposed to that, to people that just 
have a totally different walk of life because it makes me more well-rounded and it makes me more relatable. Like I want to yeah. understand people where they're at, not where I want them to be. <laughs> That's so well said. Even for me, like even from a faith perspective, when I meet people from different faiths, like that doesn't make me less uh, passionate about my own faith. It actually makes me understand my own personal faith even more. It allows me to actually have empathy and connection to somebody else from a different perspective. And that's, it's so short-sighted, I think, for, for us, again, like the way we live life to think, well, I got to stay in my bubble. No, actually get out of your bubble. And it will not only give you, like you said, grace for other people, but it gives you perspective that in many ways will actually like make you come more alive in the things that you believe. Yeah. And we live in such a, a polarizing world and there are so many cool things that exist in the world. And there are so many things that to me are, are a shame. And when I think about just this massive place that we have and all the different types of people, I'm just reminded that we're here to be in relationship with people and the top priority should be the relationship. And so we're in a place where you might have different political views. And so if that's the case, then maybe you're viewing someone out of a lens of I'm this, they're that. Same thing with religion and faith. Same thing with different types of jobs and careers and maybe even status. And to me, I feel like I really want to see a world where we get back to relationship is at the top of the totem pole, right? not who did you vote for and yeah. what is your religion and who are your people and what's the color of your skin. If you can just have everything be around like, hey, let me show up in a way where I can contribute to someone else and I can engage with and connect with someone else, especially someone who's different than me. Right. That's where the learning is. That's where the growth is. Yeah. I think that's the lesson too, and that I'm always trying to learn more, but also be hopefully an example of is that the way you, again, going back to connecting with people, like the way you actually connect with people is that you start with them as the center of the story and you ask them questions and you're curious about their world and you, you make them the hero. It seems pretty obvious, but man, so many of us are walking in and sort of our posture is that I have all the answers. My way is the best way. My thinking is the best thinking compared to, I I'm curious about you. And this is true at the local level. Like this is true at the global level, but it's also true at the local level, right? I mean, this is the way we actually just get along with people. That's right. And it, it's actually kind of comical because most people have their way of doing things but it's the only thing that they've ever known. So how do you know if it's the best way? Right. <laughs> how do you know if it's the fastest way or the most efficient way? And so that one's interesting. And just because you've had a lot of success with something doesn't mean that you couldn't have had more success if you had done it differently. Now, take the opposite side of the coin on that one also, though, is when you know someone's had success in doing something a certain way, that is also a blueprint for how to do something successful that same way through copying and, and through mirroring and modeling. So it is interesting. But more than anything, I just think the, the more people that we're around that are not like us are going to help us grow into a better version of ourselves. And the more people that we can surround ourselves with that just play the game of life at a higher level, that play the game of uh, business or health or 
relationships at a higher level, uh, I think the more fulfilled we're going to be in the process of living life. Yeah. Have you traveled much in developing countries, you know, whether it's Africa or even in parts of, of South America or? Yeah. I've been to most of uh, Central and South America at this point. I've been to a handful of, of countries in Africa. I think I mentioned this on your podcast that I've been to, I believe it's 76 countries now. Yeah. And uh, I love to experience the world. But for me, it doesn't have to be fine dining and nice hotels. You know, I, I think that there's a time and a place for that. And I think that that's fun, but I want real world. And so yeah. we do a lot of, you know, traveling all over. And, and by the way, in, in my youth, uh, I did all kinds of third world traveling. And sometimes it was for mission trips. And sometimes it was because that was an inexpensive trip. But that to me is like one of the keys to raising kids to not be entitled is yeah. <laughs> to educate them and give them this perspective of what is out there and what things could look like. Because if you are in a first world country, you are wealthy beyond all measures. Yeah. And most people just don't realize that. Yeah, you're so right. And it just gives you perspective when you see a family living in a remote part of Africa that has one one millionth of whatever you have, but yet their hope and their joy is so is one one millionth more or a millionth more than what yours is. It's like, wait, we're getting this all wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, like here's somebody who has nothing, but yet they're so filled with joy and hope and expectation and faith. And yet here I am and I've got everything. And so that's, that's the other thing about traveling in certain places where people's lives and their, their level of living is, it gives you such perspective that then you are grateful and you, you start to have a sense of being thankful about what you've been given. Yeah. And when you're grateful, then it is really hard to be selfish exactly. <laughs> because these emotions, it's hard to have anger when you are experiencing gratitude. It's hard to have depression or anxiety when, when you are experiencing those things. And, and it's not to take away from people that really experience that at a, uh, a, a pretty hardcore level. I know that that is kind of like this, this pandemic in itself here going on in the world. And I don't mean to take away from people that are, are truly experiencing something that is debilitating. But at the same time, I think the more we can spend time being thankful for what we do have and experiencing contentment, yeah. there is so much joy inside of that. I feel like when you focus on what you do have more than what you don't have, you're going to live a happier life. And that's what you see in a lot of these third world countries. It's They're not focused on what they don't have. They're thankful for all the things, the people, the relationships. It's what they have. And you see this all over the globe. Fiji is, is one of my mm. favorite places for this because these are some of the happiest, jolliest. Actually, that's the word, jolly. Like yeah. just full of joy, these unbelievable Fijians. And... It is just a whole nother level of uh, just comfort and strength in themselves and who they are and, and what they appreciate in the world. I haven't been there. I want to go. I'd put that one at the top of your list because it's also beautiful as well. I mean, uh, we're, we're talking about a whole nother part of the world, but just some of the most beautiful sights you've ever seen. Uh, a lot of water activities. I mean, it's, it's cool, but it's, it's a culture that 
is special. And, you know, they do these really cool kava ceremonies and it's very community based and community oriented. Yeah. Well, it's on the list now. I like it. I like it. Well, you know, changing subjects, you have uh, an awesome podcast and you've had some incredible guests on your show that you've written about or that you've interviewed. I mean, you have a lineup of what many would call big names. So I'd love to learn more about your show and even just the the genesis of uh, the Catalyst podcast. Yeah. So I really have have a couple of different shows. And the Catalyst podcast, gosh, we started back in 2005. I mean, it's been around, I think we were number one on iTunes because nobody else was on. <laughs> we were the only ones in there. And it was connected to the, the Catalyst movement, which was a conference movement. We were doing leadership events, you know, all over the country. And we got our start with John Maxwell, who's a, you know, probably lots of people have read John's books. So that was sort of the thing was we were doing all these events and gatherings, but the podcast in some ways, again, over the last 15 years, hundreds of thousands, millions of people have connected to that podcast. And, you know, I got to be on it for a bunch of years and I still co-host it and I'll meet people and they're like, they hear me talk and they're like, wait, are you, are you that guy from the Callus podcast? I'm like, well, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been a fun journey. And then I started my own. Well, I started H3 Leadership Podcast, which is really more around, not necessarily around my book, but it's, it's more like my own interviewing guests. And I'm really trying to like curate the links and recommendations and, and resources that leaders need to be aware of. Because I think for me, when I was thinking about where do I like fit in the podcast world that's unique? I didn't know of a lot of of a lot of podcasts that were giving me recommendations. You know, maybe it's books I should read or the websites I need to go to or the newsletters I need to subscribe to or uh, what are some other podcasts I should listen to. And so that's what I've been trying to do with my own podcast the last 9 months is to provide some of those recommendations and links. And that's been fun, man. And I'm still having guests on it. So I still have some folks on that I want to have conversations with, but I'm also on every episode trying to bring them a list or or something that they can actually like check out that's going to help them in their own journey. Yeah, that's cool. It's got to be surreal training under being an understudy, you know, under the great John Maxwell. And I, I'd love to know some of your thoughts and what that was like. And I've got to imagine you were starstruck, you know, in the beginning, or possibly that that was the case. Uh, I've got to imagine you learned a lot of things to do. I think you must have also learned some things not to do as well. You know, yeah. even even the great John Maxwell has messed up in many ways. And so there's probably a lot that you could glean from him on both sides of that equation. Yeah, I got the chance to work on John's team for a few years. And by the way, he's he's still crushing it. I mean, I think he's 74. He's still writing books. He's still speaking. He's arguably having more influence today than at any other time in his life. And wow, he's in the fourth quarter and he is not like playing shuffleboard on the carnival cruise ship. Like he's leveraging, he talks about the compounding interest of wisdom and he's leveraging all this wisdom in this season. And so many, I think so many people, they sort of like think, well, am I, I guess I'm just supposed to retire, right? Like, 
at some point I'm supposed to know actually like your fourth quarter is your greatest quarter. So that's one of the things I'm learning from a distance from John still. I don't work for him anymore. I see him occasionally, but watching him like finish the race well and, and keep running the race, uh, that's been such a lesson. To your question, I'll tell you a couple of things that stood out always. One is that John is an empowerer. So even for me, you know, I was a knucklehead in my 20s. Still am a knucklehead. I'm just older. <laughs> but in my 20s as a knucklehead, myself and others who were on the team, he gave us so many opportunities and so many ways that we could have like took the company down or done dumb stuff. But he believed in us and he was so empowering that he was willing to say, you guys go try it, go figure it out. And that's such a great way to like, not only attract the kind of leader you want on your team, the, the eagle who's willing to fly, you know, who's, who doesn't even know what the process is, but they'll go figure it out. And so that was always a lesson for me. The other thing was he was a celebrator and that the journey was fun. And so like, you know, on a book tour with John or on a, on a trip, we would always like figure out ways to, you know, find the restaurant in that city that was going to be a memory moment. And that was the thing that I still like think about with John is he was always intentionally trying to, to give us these mile markers of memories on the journey. And, you know, we knew we had work to do. We were, we had things that we were accomplishing but he would always just remind us like, Hey, and enjoy the process. Like, let's get it done. Let's deliver, but also let's not lose sight that it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be enjoyable along the way. And I think a lot of us as, as type A's, you know, if we're ambitious and we, we want to climb Mount Everest, we forget that like, why don't we stop at camp three on the way up to the top of Everest and actually like, take a selfie, you know, and look around and go, isn't this beautiful compared to like, oh, we got to get to the top. And I'm that way anyway. I have to be reminded, Brad, just enjoy it. Like there's so much joy in this journey. Oh, I love it. And that is so poetic and very profound. Thank you for sharing that, Brad. I'm just so thrilled to have had you on the show and for you to share all this wisdom and these things that you've learned, these life hacks. This is incredible. I'd love to know where my audience can find you online. Yeah, well, either h3leadership.com or just my name, Brad Lominick, L-O-M-E-N-I-C-K, bradlominick.com. Those are the two like websites. You can listen to the podcast. I'm at Brad Lominick on all the social media outlets. I'm not a great follow. I do a lot of listening these days on social media. I don't do a lot of like posting. So if you're, if you're following me, don't expect a lot of posts, but I'm not anti-social media. I just, I just don't put up a lot of things. Yeah. Well, you know what? People say, you know, there's a reason we have two ears, right? So maybe it's better just to listen or better to, to read <laughs> right. and not be so quick to always be offering our thoughts and our opinions. So I, I like that. Hey, this has really been a gift. So thanks for your time, Brad. And I just want to remind it. my audience that I share this at the end of every episode, and that is to take some form of action today. Move in the direction of a life by design, a life that is intentional and purposeful, and just take one step towards financial freedom so that you can do things on your terms 
and so that you can just live an exciting and a compelling life. So thanks for joining us here this week and we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to the Lifestyle Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. You can also leave an honest rating and review over on iTunes. Not only do I read every single one, but it also helps me understand what content matters the most to our audience. And if you can think of one or two people who could benefit from this episode, would you share it with them right now? Who knows, maybe they'll buy you something nice when they make their first million. If you would like access to today's show notes, including links to all the resources mentioned, visit www.justindonald.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you next week for another episode of The Lifestyle Investor.